Warning! Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems including but not limited to impaired judgment, organ failure, projectile expulsion of Taco Bell, limp dick, distorted recognition of potential sexual partners, and poop. Lots of poop. Please enjoy this podcast responsibly. If you're happy and you know it, Papa Cook. If you're anxious and you know it, take a sip. If you're thirsty and you know it, your bartable surely show it. If you're happy and you know it. Hey, 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 wobbly winos, and welcome to Why We're, We're Whining. Whining. The holiday bender taking you on a wine adventure. Ooh, an adventure. I'm excited for our adventure today. Like my little song that I came up with. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I'll make sure to sing that on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Next to our, um, what's our thing that we came up with the other day? Our Don Bacay. Don Yes. I'm Tommy Lucas. And I'm Lucy Zukaitis. And we are still... Whining about holiday drinking. Day nine of whining about holiday drinking. Day nine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have got a Asimato Montepulciano d'Ambrosio. Oh, I do like a Montepulciano. Si, si, molto bello. And this is from Ambrosio, D-O-C. Oh, we Stop. know the D-O-C. <laughs> don't we, don't. 60 days in lockup. Here we go. <laughs> As far as Multipuccianos go, you're a fan? Yeah, I don't know a lot about them, but I feel like I generally enjoy drinking them. Italian wines, I kind of have a weird relationship oh, I know. with. I I'm know. coming around to more and more, but oh, it's not usually my go-to. Proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what this bottle looks like? Yes. So it kind of looks like a drinking bird. I've got a... <laughs> got a little birdie who's wearing a little hat and has spectacles and a bow tie. What makes you think he's drinking? You know the the drinking birds that like tip forward and their beak goes into the... I've never heard that that's what that is. I oh, know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, but I didn't know that it was a drinking bird. Yes. Oh, well, I mean... So that was what I first thought when I saw that. <laughs> I see it now, but that's, yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> Well, yes, we've got our little drinking bird promoting our little bottle of Multipulciano here. And so this one here comes from the central hilly region of Italy. Mm-hmm. It's 100% Multipulciano. Okay. And it's got some slight oak aging on it, which can oh. be delicious with a red, but it can but also... But you're skeptical, aren't you? I'm more so fine with oak in reds than okay. I am with whites. Okay. Uh, gotcha. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I do prefer more stainless steel aging, but mm-hmm. this uh, specifically was said that it can be enjoyed young or let it ripen with age. Oh. So I feel like maybe this is our mantra. <laughs> we were enjoyed young and hopefully someone will enjoy us with age. Oh, God, that's a lot to hope for. But um... It's just the holiday season. We're going to be po- positive. Is that a thing? Sure. Yeah, we're doing yeah. it. Yeah, we'll put it out there. So, uh, yeah, in Holiday terms wishes. of... I really don't have a lot of other information about it. It's Great. Really kind I'm ready of, to drink it anyway, so... I was going to say, I'm going to pop this pop this sucker open. It's 2.22 p.m., so it's a pretty sensible time to get going. Absolutely. What is your relationship with Italian wines and Multipulciano while I'm opening this up? Share with me. Well, here's the thing. I feel like this is kind of your fault that I never go for Italian wines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. You've scared me into staying away until this has nothing to do with Montepulciano, really. But lately I've been on this Nebbiolo kick. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's how I'm starting to embrace Italy. Okay, that's fair. But I feel like I, 
I feel like I always like these when I have them. In terms of my knowledge of Montepulciano, they're pretty universally palatable. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like a table wine, isn't it? Very much so. We're not talking like any like Nebbiolos or Nero Davolas or um, but Jesus Christ, why am I? I literally just had a stroke. <laughs> but, but, Don't worry, everyone. But, Tommy's just having a minor stroke here in the tent. It's <laughs> I was certified in CPR about 14 years yep. ago. So... Um, that other grape that's from Italy that starts with a B that I can't remember to save my life for the moment. Barolo. Thank you. Between the two of us, we are almost one functioning human being. So Functioning depending on the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's drink this here first. Well, let's okay. talk about what is this color here? What do you see? Scarlet. Yeah. I would go with that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like a deeper red. Mm -hmm. It's very pretty. I yeah. think you know what I'm going to say next. And I think all of you at home do too. Yes. I would love to wear this as my Christmas gown. Mm. What do you smell on this here? Talk to me about the nose. Oh, I feel like I'm getting some cherry. Yeah. Maybe some plum action. I'm getting a little bit of berry. Like blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah. Oh. Well done. Well done. Thank you. I'm also getting a little bit of like um, savory notes. There's black, some kind of spice action. Black pepper. Right? Mm. Do you smell that? Now that you say it, yes. Black pepper. Yes. There's a some sort of an herb element. I want to say maybe like thyme. It's not rosemary. Parsley, sage. I think it's thyme. It's subtle, but it's not. <laughs> rosemary. Sure. Thyme. Jesus Christ. Let's just drink this fucker. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Ooh. Oh. Okay. It's a little brighter than I anticipated. Yeah. Definitely the acid content is popping. It tastes young. It does taste young. I guess we could <laughs> wish the same for us, but we know that that's not true. It's definitely dry. Mm -hmm. It's got a decent tannic structure on it. I um, feel like you were saying earlier, that's going to go with just about anything. Yeah. That acid bite is really strong at the end, too. Mm -hmm. I like that. Any sort of rich red food, like something mm. super like a pot roast or whatever, mm. I feel like this could like suck that acid will suck all that nasty like fatty taste right out of there and just clean it out really smooth. I just ate, and yet... We know what you're going to say again. <laughs> you're becoming quite predictable, Lucy. I know. <laughs> um, any other, like, flavors that you got in here? Definitely getting that berry yeah. in the taste. Mm -hmm. I agree. There is a slight earthiness to it, too. I don't think that the, mm -hmm. the savory black pepper or thyme manifests as much on the palate as it does on the nose. No, but there's maybe something, like, from the foothills. <laughs> Like some earth. A little, maybe, yeah. Maybe dirt. A little dirt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, multiple Giano. I, I like it. Yeah. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever had, but I think it's pretty I'm a decent. a nice easy drinker. Very much so. We've got this nice easy drinker mm -hmm. from Italia. with a nice easy Tommy. <laughs> and our drinking bird. What, mm -hmm. what are you going to tell me about? What's my Christmas treat for today? Okay. So that bird made me think of some of the birds of Christmas. A bird of Christmas is like a thing? Well, hang on. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so this got me thinking about partridge in a pear tree. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely a Christmas bird. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, what the hell is that partridge doing in the pear tree? Yeah, what is it doing? First of all, just a little bit about the 12 days of Christmas. This was first published in 1780 in the children's book, Mirth Without Mischief. And it was like a children's memory game. Where you like add one and then try and remember and go all the way back. It's that old? Yeah. Damn. But they didn't add the tune that's now associated with it until 1909. Okay. And this was based on an arrangement of a traditional folk melody by English singer and composer Frederick Austin. Hi, Hi Frederick. Frederick. 
probably another day we'll go into the whole song, but today mm-hmm. we're just going to focus on the partridge. Tell me about that bird. So this is a short-tailed game bird oh. uh, in the same order as turkeys, chicken, grouse, quail, and pheasants. But game and like gamey bird, like more of pheasant and stuff, makes me think some of those gamey birds are a bit fattier, which means this oh, multiple might giano pair with the multiple might pair pretty well with it. So. It just might. So partridges, yeah. they have wings, but they don't do much flying, typically non-migratory, and they do not nest in trees. So again, we ask, what the hell is the partridge doing in the pear tree? I want to focus on how you said that the bird doesn't do much flying. Is this by choice or by like it's naturally just I think like evolutionarily they don't. Okay. Or maybe they're just lazy. I'm not really sure. Well, lazy and likes pear trees? Tell me more. (laughs) So partridge in a pear tree. There's a few options of where this may have come from. For one thing, it might be symbolic of Christ on the cross. As the partridge is a bird that will sacrifice its life to save its children. And the pear tree is symbolic of all sorts of things, but some of them being redemption, salvation, eternal life, divine sustenance, abundance, and longevity. So, again, we'll get more into this in another episode, but this may have been from the 16th century when Catholics were unable to practice their faith publicly in England. And so this whole song may have been like a way to express their faith without actually saying anything. So this was like going to mass. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Great. Good to know. Um, Or this also may have been like a lost in translation thing. So at some point when the song was moving through different languages, some scholars believe that both the English and French words for partridge were being used in it all at once. So this would be partridge and une perdrie. What? Une perdrie. So it's possible that over time, when people were saying partridge followed by une perdrie, it just kind of became like anglicized into partridge in a pear tree. But what the, what does une perdrie mean? That's partridge in French. Oh, so it was like partridge is being said I in understand. English and French. I got it. Mm-hmm. So that's a possibility of where this came from. So it might have actually just been like like the game of telephone. Where... Yeah, and somebody fucked it up massively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So then also, why is my true love giving this to me? Yeah, why? Well, maybe because, like, the love of Jesus is the ultimate gift. Or there are writings from the 15th century citing that eating partridge meat arouses romantic feelings and desires. It's an aphrodisiac? Yes, according to someone in the 15th century. And the pear tree is said to belong to Venus, the goddess of love, And in a lot of situations, symbolizes sexuality, abundance, fruitfulness, immortality, fertility. So listeners, if you're looking for a hot gift for your significant other this Christmas. Get that partridge meat and shove it in her pear tree. (laughs) Right? Cheers. Cheers to that. (laughs) This has been a Tom C. Lukaitis production in association with Double Daddy Studios. Enjoying this podcast responsibly. Is um partridge on the dinner menu tonight, Tommy? I think it might have to be. <laughs> Let's go get ourselves a little gamey Christmas treat. <laughs> <laughs> and a pear tree. <laughs>